Welcome to episode eight of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure Podcast. I'm here with my waterfall chasing friend, Craig. G'day. And we have an absolutely amazing guest on the podcast today, all the way from Oregon, USA. Craig, play the sweet, sexy sounds of our intro, please. It's going to be a big one. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Excellent. I'm going to um, cut you off straight away because last time I got so excited about all the news and all the stuff, I almost forgot the sponsors, okay? Okay. All right. Let's hit it. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Topo Maps Plus. Go deeper into the backcountry. Rios Floating Sunglasses, uh, they make floating sunglasses, if you didn't catch that in the title uh they're fantastic caribbee.com makers of fine rugged outdoor backpacks and other gear and finally bluey merino they uh we are ambassadors for bluey merino in fact and they supply us with uh, all sorts of merino base layers so thanks guys for supporting us and let's keep on trucking craig how are you mate yeah good What's new? As you as you alluded to, I've been chasing some waterfalls. Yeah, you yeah. are not the type of guy to take advice from a girl band like Destiny's Child. No, no. You you <laughs> laugh at that kind of advice, don't you? You laugh in the face of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tell me about that. Ah. Oh. It was pretty miserable weather, but I did do some Ks in the car and then walked quite a few Ks to, um, yeah, get down to Springbrook and uh, saw some some postcard postcard sort of places that I hadn't been before. Yeah, I've I've seen those places on countless videos and, as you say, postcards, yeah. websites, all sorts of stuff, and and always plan to get down there. Mm. Uh, I'm. I think it was a perfect day to go. It was. Because from the videos you showed me, those waterfalls were going crazy. Yeah, well, I was going to, um, I was sort of planning to go away and then the weather turned bad. So I had this day off and thought, all right, I'll just go down there where I might <clears throat> avoid a bit of the weather. And yeah, it was uh, it was actually a really good day. <clears throat> yeah, no, it looked awesome. I, I love rainy days out there. I, sometimes it's hard to get out of the house or once you get there it's hard to get out of the car yeah but once you do it always some of the best days i've ever had um is out in the rain it's fantastic yeah it got pretty wet but it was um yeah it was amazing amazing to see those well the the, the, the bit where you can go in under the cave in the dark and yeah is that called a natural bridge yeah yeah that's epic that place yeah i think the only reason i've never really ventured there is nine times out of ten if we're going all that way, we're going down there for an overnighter. And if I'm correct, that pretty much most of that region right there doesn't have um, bush camping facilities. Yeah. it's We've been down there so many times, but it's just a little branch off um, off the highway that, you know, it's, it's, it's about a 30-minute uh, 
sort of a little stretch where I'd never been down that road, so you had to go right to the end to get to the um, <clears throat> Perlingbrook Falls, and they oh. were amazing. Yeah, that was massive, that photo you showed me. Yeah, and then um, coming back to the Natural Bridge, there are some, some campsites at Perlingbrook, but they're um, – yeah, they were actually – I was almost going to stay there. But, um, yeah. Good stuff, mate. The uh, – you received an exciting – package tonight did you not oh yeah yeah thanks for bringing that around man that's all right <laughs> uh we got sent some amazing uh well i hope they're going to be amazing they certainly look amazing and the science behind them is amazing some uh sleeping bags from zen bivy yeah i am always intrigued i'll be honest i'm always intrigued about brands uh who are putting in research and trying to break the rules deliberately to find a potential better way. It, it doesn't always work. Um, we've seen that in you know, every walk of life. But I, I just, I've been watching these guys for a long time and that, that product, uh, it, if for, just for people who don't know, um, it's a sleeping bag system. But the reason I'm calling it a system is because it, it incorporates a mat and when it all comes together it just gives so much more flexibility in uh, the way that you can actually sleep in a hammock or in a tent yeah i'm excited about it and so mark this date i'm going to start using that, that thing as much as i can and really get to know it um i think it it will certainly live up to expectations. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've watched a ton of videos and I've watched independent reviews as well. So um, everything I've seen about it kind of makes a lot of sense. Mm. It's. It, it kind of seems confusing, but like I said, once you sort of get the hang of it, it's pretty awesome. It's. I'm a, a side sleeper, and so I really, really get the shits with my mummy sleeping bag at the moment uh, because when I bend my knees, it obviously thins out, compresses the down and then my knees get cold at like three o'clock in the morning and so then I have to sleep on my back to warm them up and it's just this, uh, I sound like I'm complaining again because I am and it's just a painful experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll let you know about that. I'll put some links in the show notes if this is the first episode you're listening to. Jump over to hikeordie.com, navigate your way to the podcast page, and you'll see a list of all the episodes there. Uh, click on the episode that you want to kind of know more about, and I'll have a whole list of uh, any videos or references uh, that we've spoken about, and uh, of course, all our sponsors. Um, next, I spent four days last weekend down at Lamington National Park, uh, kind of very close to where... Craig was. Yeah, so that's just around the corner. Yes, it's very close, right? Mm. Yeah, and uh, we had an absolutely fantastic time. Again, there was a fair bit of rain down there, but uh, managed to kind of, um, yeah, avoid most of it, but still get out there and, and not be shy, I guess. Uh, we I went for a trail run down there, actually, cool. which is, the, I mean, I've been trail running before, but this is the first time I've been through thick dense rainforest you know the border track yeah 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 i did the first five k's of the border track um and i think i scared a few people who were just trying to walk 
<laughs> I just looked up and I was, I'm pretty quiet when I run. Um, and a couple of people at the last minute saw this you know, six foot two um, bearded guy with a, Actually, all his hair flicking around and it's just not coming straight onto him. It's not often that you do see someone running around out no, there. No, there's not. It? It's not like no backpack, no water bottle, nothing at all, and sprinting towards them. <laughs> there was a lot of. Um, um, uh, international uh, tourists there as well, and I, um, yeah, I think I freaked a few of them out. It gets freakier too because then I turn around at two and a half k mark and come back, and there I am again, like hunting them down, <laughs> and screaming past them. Well, I had a fantastic time. I felt like I was sucking in some of the best oxygen yeah. um, known to man. It was awesome. Did pretty good time considering that I think I climbed ninety meters elevation throughout the run yeah that was good it was excellent did a lot of bird watching out there there's a couple of um kind of pretty rare birds but again i think it was the rain that just made them a bit more comfortable with staying out longer throughout the day because it was uh, overcast yeah i saw more than ever yesterday yeah did you yep. yeah well, that's an interesting observation so i saw the uh satin bow bird oh, uh, right. male and female and the Regent Bowbird, which is the yellow one. Yeah. Really? And it took some food from my hand. It took a blueberry out of my wow. hand. Deliberately. It didn't just come what? and steal it. I held my hand out. <laughs> While you were running at full pace? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting. But <laughs> wow, Poor cool. thing was flying at full pace to try and get the blueberry. Uh, no, it was awesome. Saw wow. tons of stuff. These little um, blue, I think they're called fairy wrens iridescent blue electric blue heads and bodies just um they just seem to be coming a lot closer it was awesome yeah very very good times were had mm. hey uh one of the tiny bit of news well it's not a tiny bit of news actually it's a it's a massive thing but i often touch base with our sponsors and check in on just whatever's happening with them and any new stuff and I spoke to the uh, owner of Bluey Merino uh, in an email and just said, hey, what's coming up, mate? Anything I should mention to the guys? And he said, we've got some super, super classified information that I'm happy for you to share. His first question was, do we have any US listeners? And I said, heck, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, in fact... Uh, over um, over 60% of our listeners are in the US. So thanks, guys, if you're listening. Yep. And I hope you can understand at least half of what we say. <laughs> so anyway, here's the exciting stuff. Uh, if you hear us talk about Bluey Merino and you think that you can only get it in Australia, well, he's gearing up so that as of the 1st of August 2019... Sounds like a long way away, but it's actually less than a year now. Um, they will have a, uh, they'll be based in Bend, Oregon, and they'll be distributing out of there directly to US customers so that they can service better to those guys. That's massive news. I just, it's just massive. Yeah, it's good. I, I knew he was, he was looking over that, that way to, 
you know, he's been sending products that way, but now to actually go and set up over there and have another outlet is fantastic. Yeah, it's a good sign for the products, eh? Yeah, it is. It is, and it's 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 a good sign for for all of you guys to be able to get uh, Australian merino wool. Oh, for sure. Um, in your own backyard, and guess what else he said? This is a cool dude. This guy. Where's the bit in the email? He says, if any of your podcast listeners are local to Bend, Oregon, make sure they um, reach out to Bluey Marino and ask for Andrew Ross over the next couple of weeks. He's over there and uh, he'll shout your coffee and have a chat with him. (laughs) You got to do that. You got to do that. Please, somebody, please, (laughs) please, please. Uh, He's there from, he's there until the 25th of October in Bend, Oregon. If you are anywhere near there, yeah, get in touch with me or get in touch with Bluey. Find out where he is. Go get that free coffee. He's a, I've, every time I speak to the guy on the phone, I'm there for a minimum of an hour. He's just such a good person to talk to. Yeah. Oh, anyway, it's, it's good news all around. Good yeah. news for you guys. Uh, let's jump straight into, I'm going to call it feedback this week because it's, well, it's a shout out, but it's feedback as well. There was, um, oh, first of all, our good friend, the girl with crayons, uh, came back in and gave us um, a little bit of extra info on the snake bite information. Remember we discussed that in the last podcast? All right, yep. Yeah, and you know how uh, first aid often, um, it evolves, which is why, I guess, why people have to keep updating their first aid? Yeah, yeah. She said that something they're doing now in the most recent uh, course she did is the packet in which you remove the snake bandage from, mm. you, you just put that plastic kind of whatever it is, put that against the bite and then wrap over the top of that. Purpose of that is so that the venom doesn't soak into the bandage and then when you get to hospital they struggle to find some venom to test to see what you were bitten by. You get what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah, so if you put that plastic wrapper on top of the bite mark, then wrap over it, when they get to the hospital, they remove the bandage, take the uh, oh, yeah. wrapper off, and the, the they can bite test. scene is untouched and it hasn't soaked the venom off there. Yeah. Oh, so they must test that site sometimes. Oh, that's what they do. Yeah, that's why yeah, they right. say you should never ever wash... Um, when you're being bitten by a snake, never ever wash it because if you get to the hospital and you've washed it, there's no way they can uh, check exactly what snake it was and then find out uh, which antivenine to grab for you. So I thought that was pretty interesting. After us talking about it in such detail, I thought it would be pretty uh, useful to just mention that. Um, I would have jumped back for a second because I missed one really cool bit of news. Have you heard of Alex Honnold? Not sure. No, he's a free solo climber. So that means he climbs with oh, right. no ropes. Wow, yep. Yeah, he, he's mad. He's mad. Um, but he just uh, did a um, TED Talk about, you know when you, that default screen, I think you've got it on right there. Is Oh, no, that's your own. The default screen on um, Mac's. Mm. Can you just move that window? Yeah. Let me see what... Easily. 
Okay, so there he is. That's half dome. <laughs> He's scaled the front face of that without ropes. What? That was the first major thing he did. Yeah. And then second, the second one he did was El Capitan, which is in the same Yosemite Valley, but it's even more ridiculous. But the reason I wanted to just quickly mention him today is because he did a TED Talk. Now, it's only about 12 minutes long, but he goes into um, some of the preparation for those climbs and uh, one of the moments where he uh, kind of stressed out a bit and um, almost got into some difficulty. But I, I've watched the, the video and it actually makes me feel a little bit physically ill. Mm watching him uh, scale that face and knowing that he's just his fingers and his and his feet holding him on there it just makes me feel ill that's ridiculous but it's a bit insane isn't it and i know like and we kind of focus a lot on hiking but i do i really appreciate other outdoor um pursuits and i appreciate the um the skill that it takes for somebody to do something like that. Yeah, so sure. I'll put a link to that TED talk in the show notes. Anyway, you should you should check it out. Yeah, that's good. Uh, where were we? Shim HD is a new subscriber of ours on YouTube, and he was asking a few questions about um, the difference between Australian national parks uh, campsites and and US um, because he noticed that we we were talking about um, if we went to a campsite uh, and there were other people there that were carrying on like fools um, that it would kind of ruin our trip and he said what do you kind of mean by that because in in the US or at least some parts from where what he was explaining is he'd just hike another mile and camp there so um yeah I, I explained it to him anyway basically in a nutshell um we have designated mm. kind of campsite areas within our national parks which you predominantly stay at and the reason for that is just to kind of keep all of the um all of the people uh going to one location instead of everyone spreading out and, and damaging more of the environment so yeah, that that's what I was getting to. But he also, you know, made a comment that um, he thought it was just just really interesting, and that um, he uh, likes to hear about different cultures and the rules uh, in other countries, and and how other people are kind of running their national parks. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks, Jim HD. Thanks for dropping us a line and uh, raising some some good points. Cool. Last but not least is Alex Parsons, who goes by the name of Lex Parso on Instagram. She's a mad dog. She is a uh, skier, snowboarder. Sorry, jeez, I don't know. I'll probably get in trouble for calling her a skier. One, I mean, it's, yeah. that'd be like <laughs> when I used to surf, and if somebody called me a bodyboarder, I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd be horrified. Sorry, Alex Parsons is a snowboarder. Uh, yeah, she gets out and um, spends a whole bunch of time on epic mountains. And uh, she dropped us a couple of really nice comments um, and uh, said that she had listened to one of our podcasts, which I really appreciate. And then she came back a couple of days later and said, 
I've listened to all of them now and I'm really inspired to get out there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and she also said, um, yeah, she's inspired to kind of inspire other women to get out there. Now, that was a, a comment also that the girl with crayons made was that she's looking forward to hearing uh, female voices on the podcast. And sometimes, just sometimes, we listen. Isn't that right, Craig? Yeah. Yeah. I know where you're going. Yeah, exactly. It might be time. It might be time. We listen so much that I've gone through and found what I consider to be a hugely inspirational woman that we follow on Instagram and we have for a long time. Her name's Tanya Hodgson and she's into a whole bunch of stuff, Craig, hey, like trail running and kayaking and riding horses and uh, i couldn't keep up no i couldn't keep up she's just an incredible woman and uh amazing story uh, yeah fantastic story uh i just can't put it into words so i don't want to try and do that i just want to let you guys go and listen to it and uh i know you'll enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it That funky new Skype ringtone. Hi. Hey, how hey. you doing? Hold on. Going good. How are you guys? Excellent. Great. What time is it there? It is um six thirty-three now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we didn't get you up too early. No, it's fine. I actually had to get up. I have to go um take care of some cattle stuff later today anyway, so I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I'm Tom, this guy here. Can you see us? Hi. Hey, yes, I can. and that's Craig. <laughs> hey. Hi, guys. Hey. Nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. <laughs> yeah, Thanks too. for uh, – I know we spoke about it a few weeks ago and I gave you – uh, not nearly enough notice to get it together, but thanks for um, jumping on here with us today. Oh, yeah, no problem. This is actually perfect because my kids are all gone too, so you don't hear like, you know, children running around or anything like that screaming, so. <laughs> yeah, Craig's are asleep, so we're all good here too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, what time exactly. is it? It's, uh, it's about half, uh, half past 11 at night here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You guys are tired too then. We're getting there, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing yeah. is, since I spoke to you on Instagram this morning, mm-hmm. uh, I've been awake the whole time and you've gone to bed and woken up. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah exactly. It's crazy. I know. It's hard to put into perspective. <laughs> so how many kids do you have anyway? I have two boys. I have an eight and ten-year-old. Eight and ten. Almost nine-year-old, almost 11-year-old, I guess. We're kind of nearing the end of the year here, so they start changing. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I've got three boys. Craig's got um, a boy and two girls. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we, we, okay, Craig, now since you have a girl and boy, what do you think is the most dramatic out of the two? Oh, yeah, the girls are insane. They're still pretty young, but they... <laughs> <laughs> they are very difficult. It's true. The boys cry more though. Seriously, like when I when I had the boys, I was like, "Oh, great, cool. They'll be tough, you know. I can totally just like take them everywhere with me and like, you know, they're not going to They're boys. Boys don't cry. No. No, they they cry. Boys cry. <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> my sure. niece, my niece is a handful. I have one niece. Everybody else in my family is boys, and I have one niece and she's a handful. She 
She's the most dramatic thing ever, but that girl will not cry for anything. My boys will cry if they don't get something. I'm like, oh, my God. I thought girls were supposed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I still cry when I don't get stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I do too. (laughs) Uh, Quietly, though, not in front of the boys, because I don't want to give them any ideas that it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Something I see a lot through your Instagram feed is you're always dragging the boys out to places. Is, mm-hmm. is, is that a, a they don't a, have a choice i was gonna ask my next question was is that a conscious uh <laughs> thing or a, i mean surely every photo well, i see is, they look um like. when we were kids my mom and my dad they're pretty active people my dad like he bought a boat and we used to like travel around to all the lakes around here and stuff and we'd go to like lake powell lake mead and all the different places and so traveling has been kind of in our family since we were me and my sisters were little and then my mom, my mom is, she used to be really into like bike riding and stuff like that. She would do like the the death ride and everything up over the passes and the mountains and everything. So being active and everything has always been in our lives. And when I, I never ha- planned on having kids, but when I had the boys, I was just like, everybody's, you know, it, it was during the time where everybody who had kids, they would just like, oh, well, we'll put them in daycare and stuff. I'm like, why? It's so much fun to bring them with us, yeah. you know? So, like, yeah. I'd start going hiking. I'd have them in packs, you know? And mm. my boys are not quite two years apart. So, like, I with the running even, with my running, and I'd have them in a double jogging shoulder, and I'd run with them everywhere. And then when I'd hike and everything, I'd just have one in the pack, and I'd pick one up and hold them. <laughs> it was, like, nonstop. But they're, they're totally into it now. It's a fun thing. I mean, now it's with them being older it's so much funner to take them yeah. places like yep. moving here to Oregon has been you know we, we lived in Reno Nevada for a long time and that was okay because we'd go up to Tahoe and hike around and stuff yeah, but it's, it's Lake Tahoe it's, it's a tourist trap I mean yeah. it's so hectic yep. there so mm. moving out here was great because it's it's another outdoor mecca and then like up up the about two hours away is Bend Oregon Bend Oregon same thing it's an outdoor <laughs> we're just, mecca as we're well, just talking so. about Bend uh, in the intro because uh, yeah. we're ambassadors for uh, a merino company in Australia, mm. and they're, mm-hmm. the owner is in Bend um, for the next two weeks. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, See, yeah. Because he's so, he's going to be opening. Yeah, he's going to be opening up um, uh, basically another point there where he can distribute to US customers. Sweet. Uh, oh, that's I, I can't cool. believe that. Because um, he said to me in an email, "Do you know anyone who who lives uh, near Bend?" And uh, it's just hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guess we've got <laughs> on. Of a, course, that's why we planned neat, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's neat up there. I mean, like where I live and everything, we're more. You know, there's like a lot of ranchers and stuff around here. A lot of cattle people and everything. But like, we're right below Crater Lake National Park. Oh, I mean, wow. literally, it's half hour for me to get up there. Oh, is I that practically right? live there in winter. Yeah, and so that's it's like awesome. when when we came back to this area, my my dad lives here, and we came back, and I was like, boys. You guys, man, you thought you hiked a lot before. <laughs> Every <laughs> Get day ready. we're going to be hiking now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just took my so. – I, I spent four days away last weekend and took my boys out on what I'd consider the first two real hikes. So uh, yeah. we were up in the mountains and we, I took them into these rainforests. And uh, both hikes, uh, two consecutive days, were sort of around five to six kilometers each day. And one day it was raining yeah. a bit and – not a peep like they were so into it just so into yeah. it enthusiastic how old are your and, boys uh so i've got a, a three seven and nine uh mm-hmm. i just i just took the seven and the nine 
uh, on the yeah. hikes. <laughs> don't take the three-year-old. I don't want to carry him, man. He scares me. He's the kind of kid, like, when he gets going, you see that scene from a horror movie where all the birds fly yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I wouldn't take I have I a nephew like you. that, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they're too, too old boys. That's great, though. So. I mean, it's amazing, though, how much, like, uh, for a little kid with those little bitty legs, they actually have a lot of endurance. They you know, do. they might, mm. they need to stop and eat every five seconds, but yeah, I they mean, do. they still, like, the boys and I, the boys have summited Mount McLaughlin over here. And I mean, it's not that huge of a mountain, but it, it's a, it's a big thing for, you know, when they start summiting it, Wyatt, my youngest, he was five. So then Tucker would have been at that time. Tucker, I believe, was six at the time. So they both summited this mountain. Such with cool names. At that Just age. gotta interject. There. It was all day. Really it was all cool. day. Literally, we got up there when it was dark. We left when it was dark. But it was. I mean, they did it, and then we have consistently done it every single year ever since. Ever since we've moved back here. So it's like, it's great though. I'm I'm just impressed with kids and their endurance i guess you could say yeah <laughs> with lots of candy lots of snacks the whole time you, you got to just keep feeding them oh, yeah. <laughs> the only reason i have a backpack is to carry their shit to eat <laughs> yeah exactly that's like me and like 50 extra water bottles because at some point they will find a way to you know drip it along the trail and then like stop and make stuff with it i'm like dude that's your water you need that <laughs> <laughs> They're great. They're great. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, it's it's always a pleasure seeing you out with those um with those boys and I I couldn't quite because sometimes maybe they've got a friend along so I didn't quite know how many were yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they do. Well, some I have like I said I've got a lot of family too and I have right, a little brother right. actually who is. Uh, when I was 21 years old, my mom had a surprise baby, and that's my little brother, and he is two years older than my oldest son. So right oh, now he is so, 12 years old. Oh, so potentially so he's, he's in some other photos. my kid. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's right. incredible. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he likes to come up here too. He doesn't really do the hiking stuff as much as we do, but we make him because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got to make people hike. They eventually love it. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> he he'll do it because he likes to go with us, and we always like you know like we're when my other dog that I had Juno the one that died, and then now we have another new uh, Timberwolf mix with a German Shepherd. That's Boo is his name. That's the kids named him because he's white, so he's Boo like a ghost. And like I swear to God, having a dog or a pet kind of gets everybody out there more because yeah. it's just. I don't know what it is. They like to walk with them or something yeah. or like go and do stuff with them. I don't know. That's, Which is um, great. <laughs> I'll use it. That, I was actually going to ask you about that. I didn't know how much of a delicate topic it was because I I was, again, I was confused about which, why there was this new dog popping up. and Because I, I, I mean, how long have I been? We've been following each yeah. other for years, you know. So for a um, while, yeah. Yes, it's been at least a couple of years. So I've seen uh, this mm -hmm. this this dog and then there's this other one and i i figured something might have happened so i didn't want to delve into it i i lost a do uh. dog sort of three three years ago so i know what it's like uh it's pretty full yeah. on for the whole family yeah it's it sucks well especially you know like everybody who has followed me a long time on instagram knows juno they knew juno you know which wherever one, which I one was, did he juno look was. what did he look like Juno was the husky, the black and white husky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome that, looking dog. With the dog. blue eyes. That yeah, was yeah. Juno. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember he him. He was only five. He, uh, he killed a porcupine. I was at work one day, and I was gone all day. He was in the backyard. He has a runner set up out there, and right. I had him on his runner, and he killed a porcupine. 
And I came back and he's just covered in quills, you know. And so I, I went and I pulled them all out. I put them in his bed, but one had gone down like he had swallowed oh, one. Oh, serious. And down and, and punctured his lungs. Oh, and he, what? So he Horrific. Just, yeah, he died. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Super. Man. Very traumatic way for him to die, especially because, like, the next morning, you know, we get up. We're expecting him to be, you know, a little messed up and all, yeah. but alive. And me and the kids walk out. He's in his kennel, just dead. Oh, and it was like, rough. oh god, you know. That's and trying rough to for like, get the, the boys were in school at the time, and I was like, oh, you get to school. Just go to school. Mom will take care of this, you know. So, and we gave it all summer and stuff like that. And you know, kids. Everybody keeps saying when you lose a dog to replace it with another dog because you know that there, there's no love like a dog's love. And it's just like I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> no, it's the same. I felt like a no. strange, you know, if I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel but exactly this, the this same. Dog that we have now yeah exactly and it the you know the kids like you gotta kind of the way i had to do it is just do it for the boys basically because yeah. i wasn't ready but they were and i was like i'm not gonna just because i'm sad still i'm not gonna you know not let them grow up with the dog you know yeah. so we actually this dog that i have now a lady in grass valley just was like hey i don't want him anymore so i drove over to california one day and picked him up and brought home and he's he's a lot of fun he's a great dog same you know same type of temperament as my yep. other dog was he's a german husky and he's got really high content timberwolf in him so he's he likes to challenge everybody he's only eight months old <laughs> or nine <laughs> months old i believe now so he's he's been mm. a lot of fun he's like having another kid though i mean i yeah. swear i got him sitting there going yeah <laughs> he's a good looking he's a good looking boy really too though that much fun with it. yeah he's a good looking oh, yeah, dog he's that a, one. yeah and he's an awesome dog yeah, he gets uh, out, runs with you. I bet he loves your lifestyle. Does he um, always keep up? He keeps up okay? <laughs> yeah, he goes on all the hikes. He's the way that I'm not going to start running him until about he's over a year old. Yeah. Just because, like, he's got so much German husky in, or the German shepherd in him, you know? Mm. So, like, when I took him into the vet and he goes, wait till he's after a year old so we can kind of finish with his joints for me yeah. before we start running him. Yep. So, he hikes so every single day with us. So, that's great. Oh, <laughs> sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell us more about mm -hmm. this, this trail running. Is it uh, – is it something? Oh, I, all I see is pictures of you either running or kayaking or riding horses, but but the running kind of intrigues me. That I think that's what first caught my attention. Yeah, well, the running. Well, how do I don't remember where that started? Well, I originally when I started running, I think it was after I had Wyatt. And we were living in Nevada still in Reno. And it was like, oh, okay, well, I need to get in shape. But I don't want to – every time you ever start like a gym membership, you ever notice how you'll pay it but not go. Yeah. <laughs> That's me anyway. <laughs> That's 98% so of people. So I was like, okay, well yeah, – well, I mean, it's, and it's like like – in Reno, it was easy because everything was right there, but I always knew I'd be moving eventually back out to the country. So I was like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to – I was like, well, I got a pair of running shoes and some T-shirts and shorts. I'll just start running, and that's – I started running after Wyatt was like I think nine months old or something like that. And then just kind of got hooked to it and eventually kind of blew out my knee and my hip and everything like that were – sucked to do anything because I was running on the road all the time. So – um some, I don't remember who it was, but like, I think it was another runner on one of the trails I was doing out there in Truckee. And he goes, why don't you go completely to dirt? And I was like, oh yeah. He goes, it's way softer on your joints. So yeah. much easier and so much fun. Cause you get to see all these beautiful places, you know? Yeah, and I was like, sure. yeah. So that started that obsession, mm. which I love that obsession. <laughs> yeah. And then coming out here, I mean, 
Like it's it's kind of like a little hidden gem out here. There's so many. We have like Sky Lakes Wilderness. I I often when I put pictures up on Instagram of me hiking or me trail running, I'm in Sky yep. Lakes Wilderness. It's one of my favorite places to be. Right. And it literally, I mean, there's trails all over in there and just beautiful. All in it's literally. Sky lakes. I mean, there's lakes everywhere. You go up around a corner somewhere, and all of a sudden, there's just random little lake just way out in the middle of the wilderness. It is so cool, mm. and it's this—it's like again, though, same thing. I mean, it's such a low populated area, and everybody that comes here, the draw is Crater Lake National Park. Nobody even touches all these little fun trails on the right, outsides yeah. of it, you know, which is fine with me because then they're all mine. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is good. Yeah, yeah, we we've, we know a couple of pockets like that around our kind of local area where it's nice to not have to run into people. That's it. Yeah. 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 It's fun sometimes, but like when you live in like places like Tahoe and Reno and all you had to deal with was people all the time, like you never could just go and enjoy something because there's always someone there snapping a picture right next yeah. to you. You know, it's just like, all right, I need my yeah. place now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is it was it the the running that that led to the other outdoor stuff, or was it the catalyst, or what came first? For as far as like the kayaking and pretty yeah, much everything outdoors, I just guess stuff. everything else, the hiking and all of that. Um, when we were kids, my dad got really into whitewater kayaking. Right, And so I guess in a way, he's the one who pretty much turned us on to all that kind of stuff. Like I said, I have two sisters and all of us, we, you know, that was life. It's my mom would take us on walks and hikes and my dad would too. And, and, you know, we, it's just, we've always been exposed to that. And when we wanted to try something or do something, he was always a hundred percent supportive of it. If it had to do with, you know, being outdoors and adventurous and all that fun stuff. So like, like our first mountain bikes, when we were kids, we, you know, he got his mountain bikes. We had this really cool piece of property out in Rogue River, Oregon. And we had all these little trails all over the place and we'd ride our bikes on all these little trails and just, it was fun. I mean, that's, that's how we were raised basically. So when I got older, he actually gave me his whitewater kayak and I started kayaking a lot more and stuff like that. And then when I had the kids, I was just like, well, yeah, okay, let's, it, you know, then they start coming out with all these really fun kayaks. Let's sit on top ones and stuff that doesn't even roll over. Even if you try to roll over, it yeah. won't roll over. Yeah, some good so stuff I was like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're fun. And again, same thing around here. We have, we've got, I live on the Williamson river, which is a trophy fishing river. So like, like the ranch that I live on and I run and manage and stuff like that, the biggest draw to this ranch is because of the, the river that we live on. And for me, it, it actually turned out to be a business on top of running. This is I rent out kayaks from here, from my home too. Awesome. Cause again, it's just such a, it's, this area is so unexplored and it's like, well, we have, we have lakes around here. We have creeks that are like rivers. We have rivers, we have everything. And it's just such, you can't pass it up, you know? So I I like accidentally last year, I had one of my kayaks in the bed of my truck and I was over next door and uh, this guy walks up and he goes, Hey, do you rent that? And I was like, yeah. Hell yes, I do. (laughs) 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 So that's, I became a business owner of kayak rentals accidentally. <laughs> That's funny. You're oh, really cool. selling it to us. I'm just wondering when we're going to organize to come over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh? Come on. Well, see, the best part of it is, is the house. So on my ranch, the one I run, I run this, it's ranch, it's like 140 acres. It's called Silverbow Ranch. It's a cattle ranch. 
So I have one house and then there's a main house on the property and I have, there's two people who own the ranch. Well, like when I first moved here and I, I started working for them, I was like, well, you know, you guys are never at this house and it's such a neat location. You know, it's so cool out here. How about we like rent out? So like we went on to the VRBO website, you know, the vacation rentals and oh, yeah. like we start renting out the house and that's what we do with it now. So, I mean, it's like, hey, you guys plan a trip over here. I have a nice ass place for you to stay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so our house. Tempting. <laughs> for sure. Uh. But yeah, it's, it's, it is such a cool spot. And like with me personally, my favorite state is Oregon. It, you know, if, in all the states I could pick here in the U.S. and whatnot, it, Oregon is, it's always been home to me. We were little. My dad was a police officer in Rogue River, Oregon, so we mostly grew up there. And then I've lived everywhere. I mean, I've lived, I've lived in California. I've lived in Nevada. I've lived in Utah. I've lived in Tennessee. I've lived in Arizona. I've I've lived a lot of places, but Oregon was always the draw. It was always to come back here and stuff. And this area that I live in of Oregon is so cool because, like, you know, you hear about Oregon being rainy and stuff like that. You know. Well, I'm in like what's called the, I guess it's the high desert area of Oregon. So we have all the forests, we have all the trees. It's all nice and green, but it yeah. doesn't get as much rain. It's, you know, there's sagebrush and stuff like that around here. You know, you, you still see snakes and whatnot. It's, it's, so it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. Same with Bend. Bend's the same type of thing. So right. and that's what one of the draws the Bend is, you know, is because it's, it's not like these are, you can actually go outside without having to have an umbrella or a raincoat all through the year, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, they're really, and, and Bend's a really beautiful area too. It's like, like I said, it's, it's such an area and it's so widely known is the thing with it, you know, cause like right outside of Bend Smith Rock, that's another place I'll put on my Instagram quite often is Smith Rock State Park. I love Smith Rock. It's so cool. <laughs> but like Bend, you know, they have a lot of ski resorts up there. They've got way more trail systems than we do here. They've got rivers. They got the same thing, but just yep. m more of a heavily populated area than what it is down here. So what sort of so it's, time it's cool. is it? How long does it take to get from, say, where you are um, to Bend? Like what's the physical time there to get to that? It place? takes like two hours to get up there. Okay, like you, two hours drive, right. Yeah, it's north of me, and I don't remember the miles or whatnot, but it's it's about two hours to get yep. there. It's just kind of a straight shot <laughs> that way. <laughs> okay. Ah, cool. But, yeah, I go up there. The, the beauty of Bend, too, is, like, when you do get to go up there, you get to be outside and stuff. But then, like, you know, unfortunately, we have to shop for stuff. <laughs> we have <laughs> yeah. to get things be able to survive in the Chiliquin Clam Falls area there's there's nothing here like there's a Walmart so I mean yeah it's if you, you if you can get stuff at Walmart you're good but it's like mm, nope so Bend is like my my weekend getaway if I ever have to go yep. like get shopping and want to do some outdoor fun stuff I go right to Bend <laughs> wow that's my my kind of girls weekend I guess <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like it oh, any of your weekends don't sound like typical girls no. weekends <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Hey, Tanya, it was like, no way, you're supposed to go to like the day spas. No, <laughs> Tanya, you got me. You obviously have heaps of <laughs> heaps of fun out there, but do you stay overnight much? Do you get out camping? Up. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You kind of have to around here. I mean, like, well, there's this area all along the coast that we go to a lot. It's the coast from the Oregon coast. From me, is about three and a half hours away. So. 
easy drive, no big deal. Like I could just drop everything and go anytime I feel like it, you know, but there's this, this area it's called Brookings, Oregon. It's like one of my favorite little towns on the coast and the Chetco river feeds right there into the ocean. And one of my, uh, another favorite camping area for me and the kids is right there on the Chetco river It's so neat because you just drive up, you no longer have cell phone service. Nobody can get a hold yep. of you. Nice. It's roughing it. I mean, there is no designated camp areas. It's just like this little like rocky beach along the river there. And you can either like sleep in the bed of your truck or, you know, just throw a tent up and kind of wedge yourself in between the rocks and hope that you're comfortable, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, exactly. Here, um, there's this, this air, one of our little favorite kind of just like in summertime and stuff like that, you know, when, when it starts getting really busy for me and stuff, I try to take the boys at least every day when they're with me, you know, outside walk something, you know, yep. but like, it, it's hard for me to kind of commit to a camping trip in summer because summer is my busiest time of the year. But like there's this area called Jackson Kimball and I've had that on Instagram before too. I believe it's like that big blue pool. It's so pretty up there, but they have like, you know, some kind of rough little camping areas up there. And so the boys and I will go throw a tent up there, go to work for the day and come back and just sleep in the tent. And that's kind of, it's like 15 Mm. miles away. It's super easy to get there, you know? So that's, that's the best I can do in summer. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I'm sure they appreciate that though. Mm. That's excellent. Hey, can I ask yeah. you about uh, the tattoo on your arm? Oh, that that one. <laughs> Does it say miles to go before I sleep? Yes. I oh. thought so. I okay. saw it in a – you want to – can you tell us about that? The backstory? Okay. Well, it actually applies to a lot of things. Um when I was about 15 years old, I got really into drugs and I was on like methamphetamines and stuff like that. I was on speed and whatnot for about five years until yeah. almost till I was 20. So I actually, I cleaned myself up. I, that's when I moved to Tennessee. I moved to Tennessee with a friend to get away from it, went to work, did a bunch of stuff, got cleaned all on my own, came home and just, you know, try to try to do the best I could in, in the, the area that started the drug use, I guess you could say. Um, right. That's when I met my kid's dad, and um, he actually really helped me in that path because he's, he's actually a really, really good guy. Um, but there was something about somebody one time when I was struggling through it, they're like, well, you just don't give up. You know, you, you just keep going. You keep piling on the miles. You keep going. You keep going ahead with it, you know, yep. and I was like, oh, cool. And then when I started running, um, same thing. There was like, we, we had this mantra about, okay, one more mile. Okay. One more mile, one more mile, and then we'll sleep, you know? Well, so then this is a Robert Frost poem and, uh, it's right. the, the walk through woods or whatever. I can't remember what the poem is, but it was a really cool poem that we had to recite as kids in school, you know? And so one day I was just kind of, I was going through some stuff um, at the time. My kids were still in homeschool, my homeschool that I was doing with them and we were going through poems and stuff like that. And that poem came up and I was just like, Oh my God, miles ago before I sleep. That is so funny because that's in a roundabout way been kind of a mantra as far as like, you know, just, yeah, you know, it's perfect continuing on with life and continuing to try to do it right in, in running and, and in hiking and stuff yeah, like that. Even yep. with the boys, you know, we keep going like when we'd come home sometimes from a really stressful hike yeah. where I'd had them out all day and it was getting dark and we we're like tired, you know, 
that was, I was like, boys, just like a couple more miles and we'll sleep, you know? So yeah. same kind of thing. It's, it's basically not giving up, um, mm. keep pushing yourself, that kind of thing. And so when I found the poem and remembered all that, I was like, oh my God, that is just perfect. You know? So That's I great. went down to my favorite tattoo shop here and I was like, put it on there. <laughs> um, I, I think that's a uh, funny not funny is not the right word. Something an interesting observation is when you see your Instagram, like I said, I've been watching you for years, right? You get this mm-hmm. um, interpretation that everything's always been that way. It you super fit, like you're a beast. You you're just this machine. You know, you're a, a good <laughs> specimen. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're inspira- inspiring lots of um, other people, males and females. Uh, I hope a lot of females. Uh, I know you would <laughs> be. Um, there's, uh, you know, one of the, to be honest, one of the reasons that I really wanted to get you on here was because um, I, I did a hike with some girls uh, a few, oh, it was a couple of months ago now, and they were just, it was their first hike, and that just it just blew their mind. And I ended up doing a, we did a whole podcast about it, and. Um, I started to get so much feedback from, uh, and one of the questions was, "Hey, we'd love to kind of hear from uh, a woman on the podcast, you know, hear hear the other side of things." And I just thought, well, that's when I well hassled you the first time. I thought, well, here's here's the perfect example of someone who's just out there kicking ass. But to go back to my original point, we see that snapshot and we assume that it's always been that way and it, it honestly wasn't until um there was a post that you put up with like a photo of you kind of now and then a photo from 12 years ago and you mm-hmm. put in that spiel about the the addictions and stuff and that's it was um you know it was shocking to me to think oh wow there's there was something before this and it wasn't always this and what is there a def- – I mean, you moved – physically moved across the country to get away from it, but um, it sounds to me like you, you kind of lost that outdoors part of your life there for a while as well. Would that be correct? Yeah. It, there was a time, yeah, because it was – I don't know, when you're in, you know, like if you've ever met people with addictions and stuff like that and if it, the addiction has to do with alcohol or with drugs and stuff, they, they don't even know themselves. They, they've lost a piece of themselves. And so like with me, you know, starting at 15, it was just like, well, I'm, I'm 15. It's, you know, it's not a big deal, whatever. I can get out of this anytime I want. And I never, ever thought that I was addicted to it. And I – was I mean it got to a point there where like my friend my one of my best friends and to this day he's still my best friend and he he struggled a lot getting clean he was he was in it too pretty bad and he's done so well for himself as well where he's got family now he's clean he he counsels other drug users and stuff but at the time he and I were both using pretty heavily and this one day he just was like I you're like wasting away we got to get out of here and I was just like what are you talking about you know because like I I still had a job I had a car you know I, I mean I still worked and everything. He goes, you're not you. He goes, I've known you since you were 15 years old. And he goes, I've watched you just go away, basically. And so I was like, okay, you know. And so we got up and left. And, like, I remember when I left, I left at, like, midnight and just took off across. It's like a two-day drive to Tennessee. And I was just like, I walked in my mom's house. And I was like, mom, I think I was 18 at the time. And I was like, mama, I, 
no, I, yeah, 18 or I just turned 19. And I was like, mom, I gotta go. I, I'm leaving. She's crying, you know? And I'm just like, I, I gotta go. And I couldn't explain it to her because in my mind, I still didn't think that she knew that I was doing drugs, but she knew. Right. But I mean, right. to me, I was hiding it so well. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. And she's crying and she's upset and everything, you know, I was just like, I gotta do this. And so like where I was born, I was born in Northern California it's in the foothills of California. It's this little town called San Andreas, Calaveras County, Angels Camp. Like anybody who's heard of it, it's like a rare thing for people to hear about it. Right. <laughs> but it's 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 kind of an outdoor type of area as well. I mean, they've got some outdoor stuff. They got some trails. You know, we, we'd always when we lived there, we'd go to Lake Maloney's and we'd hike around the lake. We'd be out on the lake on the boats and stuff like that. Yep. But like again, yeah, same thing. When I, I lost so much of that in that time frame, it, it never, you don't even think of that, you know, you don't realize that you're like stepping away from your life. And so like I'm out in Tennessee and I got clean, like I said, I was working and I, the thing that kind of brought me home and really finished waking me up was my little sister was graduating high school and I wasn't even there. And right. it was just like, dude, I have missed out on my sister's lives. And my mom and my sisters were best friends. I mean, I'm super close with my family. Yep. My family is everything to me. And so hearing my I, my mom called me. I had a phone at that time. And she calls me. And she goes, you know, Leanne is graduating high school. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was like two days away, right? And yep. so I got in my car. I said goodbye to everybody. And I drove without sleeping <laughs> for two days straight all the way back to like Petaluma, California, got in the truck with my friend and we drove back up to Calaveras County where my little sister's graduating. And I was walked up as everybody's walking into the auditorium for her graduate. I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew about it. Walked up and put my arm around her. I was like, hey, you know, I love you and stuff like that. And they're like, everybody starts crying and stuff. And <laughs> that was like, that was a huge wake up call too. Cause like, again, I didn't even realize how bad I'd been hurting my family. So basically, you know, like I came back to the place I started the drugs in. So, you know, there was still some struggles when I came home and stuff like that. Yep. And I tried to like stay away from it, try to meet better people and make different friends. I, I went back to, I, I actually bought my grandma's uh, cleaning company from her and was cleaning and stuff like that. I had a pretty big business going and everything. And it, it, I started going out walking. I actually, I started playing tennis actually is what I was doing. And then I would go out and I'd walk around this little cute neighborhood that we lived in. And yep. then. I'd start hiking up in all the mountains and stuff that I hiked at as a kid. When we were little girls, we used to be in these mountains and stuff like that and these the Lake Alpine and whatnot. And basically, I, I traded one addiction for another. Yep. I basically went from being addicted to drugs to just being addicted to staying physical and being outdoors. And outdoors became my drugs and, you know, staying in shape and everything like that and pushing myself to all kinds of limits. That, that was my that was my replacement. So that's basically the best way I could sum it up is I, I'm still an addict. I mean, I, anybody that talks to me about it, you know, like, Oh, you used to do drugs and used to be addicted to stuff. And I was like, man, I'm still an addict. I'll never <laughs> not be an addict. I, you mm. know, but I just changed the thing I'm addicted to now, yeah. you know? So instead of it being a drug, my, well, it's still a drug, I guess. Cause I mean, anybody who's been out there, anybody who's, you know, like you hike and oh, yeah. you, like you set a goal, yeah, you oh, set a yeah. goal out there and it's like definitely, you hit that goal. You don't go yeah, out there because you want to feel the same as you do here, right? Well, yeah, you, exactly. There's, some of our there's worst. There's no better um, hikes than that. Yeah, some of our worst hikes are the ones 
when I say worst, like we've overcome some kind of adversity or been caught in a storm or got lost or <clears throat> those are the best got, ones. When yeah. Craig got a hundred leeches on him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. we, we don't stop talking about those ones. I particularly <laughs> like that story, though. Oh, yeah. Sounds good from your side. When he had to go That's and explain, so it, explain <laughs> it to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd never seen anything like that. Oh, man, he looked like Oh, some gosh, freak. I've had two leeches on me at one time, and I freaked out. I can't stand leeches. They're so gross. So I'm oh, freaking man. out. I'm freaking out for you right now. Uh, <laughs> I was disgusted in him. <laughs> <laughs> He wouldn't let me stop to take That's him right. on either, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> no, it was insane. That's awesome. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, a, um, that's a fantastic story. I, I knew there must have been some catalyst there, but it's, um, it's, always, a great, it's always great to hear that kind of uh, getting out in the wilderness is, is the winner. Like I always think it, yeah, oh yeah, it it, it beats so mm-hmm. many things. I know it does for me. Mm. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Craig was just saying to me literally uh, this week that he was going a bit crazy because um, he hadn't been out for a few weeks. So he was out. Oh no! Yeah, he was out all day yesterday. So he's okay now. <laughs> yeah, doing it, doing it tough for a while. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have come around if he was cranky. <laughs> No. But I mean, that's that's actually really you'd kind of feel like you are. I mean, like once you get out there and you start being, you know, like it, you get onto a, a system basically of like being outside all the time. And then when you have to be cooped up for at least like two days, oh, it kills you. It's like, I, I got to go. I got to get out there now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm starting to get the picture, Tanya, of that you're you've got a job at your house there, but you get to go outside near a lake and do the canoes every day. Is that right? Yeah, for the most part. Right now, I mean, our season is here. It, it's fall. It's getting close to the snow season and whatnot. Um, mm. My job, I actually have a lot of jobs, but like my main job here at my place is right on a river. I mean, I live right next to the Williamson River. Mm. So that's that's one of the, kind of the main areas that I'll like, you know, if I put kayakers out there or if I'm kayaking myself, it's right there. But like my personal favorite of places that I go is the same area where I take the kids camping where one a night type of camping, the Jackson Kimball area. There's this little river. It's called wood river. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so cool. And like, you just like, well, the kids and I will head up there. We drop our kayaks off at the spot that we put in at, and then we drive my truck back down and leave it at like a day use area. And then they ride their little bikes and I run and we go back up to where the kayaks are. And it's like a, it's like, mm three mile run ride back up and then we go down this wood river for like i mean it could take you four hours and you wouldn't think so if you know if you're going like a straight shot from where you parked versus when you're coming back down on the river you're going why is this taking so long it's Mm. it the river is just amazing it just winds way out and it's like there's these awesome like aspen groves and trees and then you get into the areas where the cattle all the cattle ranchers and stuff they have all their little neat little setups out there and stuff and it's just it's beautiful the water i don't think ever gets above 40 degrees so that's not as fun (laughs) it's it's freaking cold (laughs) all right (laughs) but it's stunning it is such a beautiful area and then like there's this there's this state park up the road from us it's called collier memorial state park when i first moved here i lived right across the road from it so yep. i would get out and i would go across the, the highway with my with juno when juno was still alive and he and i would run all around in this park because there's little trails out there that's one of the parks i'm always like i have a lot of instagram pictures right, yeah. there and stuff as well and there's this 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 creek 
which is really big. It's all, more like a river, but it's this big old creek and it's called Cold Springs. And it is, or Spring Creek, not my bad, not Cold Spring. Cold Springs is, is a trail somewhere. Oh, they're all, they're <laughs> all cold, Cold's, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Spring Creek. I don't, okay, like Spring Creek, the thing with the, the rivers and creeks around here is they're all headwaters. And so, like, they come from under the ground. Oh, you, wow. you go up to where they start and they're bubbling up from oh, the ground wow. and hmm. becoming these creeks and rivers. Coolest thing in the world to see. It yeah. is so neat. But they don't ever get – like Spring Creek, I think, it has – its average is 37 degrees Fahrenheit all through the year. It doesn't matter if we have a hot summer or not. It's always that cold. Always the same. <laughs> wow. What is that? Yeah, instant? so on a dare one time, my sister dared me to jump in it, and yeah, that was – I don't do that anymore. That was like my head hurt because I jumped for some reason and got my head under and I came out and I was like, you know, brain freeze. Yeah, that was happening from jumping in that creek. <laughs> what did you say that was in um, Fahrenheit? I'm just going to do the conversion. Did you say 38? It's 37. Oh, 37. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 37. Sorry, I'm just doing this because here we it's go. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. It says six inches. I don't it, quite understand. It says, it says um, three degrees. Oh, man. <laughs> three cold. degrees Celsius. It's cold. Yeah, that's pretty cold. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of things are not happy when you get in cold water like that. No. <laughs> but then it never does. That's the thing. Like, people don't believe you. And it's beautiful. I mean, you go up there and you can see all the way to the bottom of that creek. And there's there's parts of it that look like someone took, like, a blue coloring crayon and colored the yeah. water. It is so blue. And everybody's like, no, no, no. And, you know, that can't be true. I'm like, go up there and look. It's amazing, you know. But, like, one of my favorite things is when I send my kayakers out there, you know, and they I go, don't get in the water. It'll be, like, a hot day up here, you know, maybe, <laughs> like, in the 90s or whatever. And I'm like, you guys don't get in the water. It's freezing. They're like, well, it's hot outside. I'm like, e it's freezing. You, you'll get, it's cold. Just trust me. And nobody believes me. And so like I drop them off. I come back and get them. They're like, yeah, we got in the water. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you, go? you probably regretted that, huh? They're like, yeah, that was cold. I'm like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> it is. Hey, but, yeah. I mean, like out here, we, we actually get extreme cold in the winter. I mean, we have all four seasons. We know we have snow in winter we, you know fall we got leaves changing it gets cold and all that stuff our lake so i live like on the klamath lake all area as well and that lake will completely freeze over in oh, winter wow. that's solid you can walk out on it so it's it gets cold <laughs> yeah do you get snow like right at your house there or do you have to go up to altitude to get it uh, just right no, next I get to your yeah it's like i think we're at 4,300 4, foot or something like oh, the elevation right. here. Okay. So we're pretty high. We're high enough to get snow. We do get snow. It like I said though, we're 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 high desert, so it's kind of picky about when it drops snow. But like you know, I I've had to shovel out of my garage a few times to get out and go and stuff like that. <laughs> and then you know, you go up to Crater Lake. I I have a my truck. I mean, I have a lifted truck with big old tires on it and stuff like that. And in during winter, when you go to Crater Lake, the berms on the side of the road from where they're plowing yeah. are taller than my truck. They're taller than me standing in the bed of my truck trying to look over a berm. That's how much snow they get up there. So wow. sometimes we get that snow down here. Not that, not quite that much, but a lot. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. I, we can't imagine that. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys get snow over in your area at all uh no not where we are uh the closest i've heard of snow to here would be 
uh, three, four hours away, which was, I'm talking about Stanthorpe, um, Stanthorpe which is really only <clears throat> a light dusting, you know, not, yeah. it's yeah. not, a, and it's not a permanent like thing. Like it's gone by the next day. Yeah. But yeah, there is yeah. alpine areas down, down south of Australia where they, they'll have snow all the time. Um, but you yeah, know, we yeah. certainly don't experience that here. Uh, Australia's just so vast and diverse that desert in the middle we're closer to kind of rainforests and beaches and then yeah like i said alpine regions down south and just everything in between uh, yeah it's pretty uh interesting yeah yeah huh. it- <laughs> that's cool now it stays pretty warm all through the year though there huh it's yeah. not i mean it depends Most- who you talk to i think yeah it does yeah. i mean someone like yourself would come over and be in a t-shirt in our winter Yep. But uh, yeah, you, you, you're, you're the locals that have grown up here complain about the cold, and I know it's not yeah. cold because I've been to other places. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. cold. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, especially like like my. So you go. Yep. What was that? Oh, I was just going to say. Uh, oh well, I was gonna... the um, I feel there was a trip I did about two uh, two years ago down to a really cold place, and I actually. Did a lot of climatizing before that, and just getting ready mm-hmm. for it. And ever since that, uh, that's actually stuck with me. Funnily enough, I don't understand it because I'm not one of those people who like. I just don't like the cold. But the uh, the mental um, shock is kind of been removed now. I still feel yeah. the cold, but I don't get as agitated as I used to. So I'm kind yeah. of pretty grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of all it really takes. That's you're like my 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 mom and my sisters. They don't. I'm the only one who lives where there's snow. Basically, my 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 mom and sisters they're all desert dwellers, or or we call them desert rats. Basically, so like they're <laughs> in Arizona, for instance. Yep, you know, yep. and like it, same thing though is for me. Like you were saying that that kind of the mental thing of it. Yeah. Because I'm not a big fan of extreme heat, like. 90s is pushing it for me 90 degrees fahrenheit that's starting to push it a little too much for me you know but i'll I'll do it but like when they all move to arizona they like it'll be you know nights in arizona are still in the hundreds and it's just like and they love it and i'm just like oh god how can Mm. you guys even do anything you know 90 degrees (laughs) so that's 32 yeah i'm a wimp oh geez it's like uh (laughs) yeah that's that's 32 in in the morning here (laughs) No, I'm yeah, kidding. see, <laughs> no, in summer, that's we... like that's like Arizona. That's like where my my mom and my sisters all are and stuff. Because and you know it'll get to like 120 degrees there in the middle of the day, and I'm just like, yeah, that just doesn't sound fun. It just does not sound fun <laughs> no, it's at not that all. Good, no, we we get up to around 110, 113, like yeah, that's yeah. that's about 40 degrees, but, 45, 40, 45. But that's that's not fun for anybody. No. No. Well, and the thing of it is, though, I mean, like you were saying, though, it, it definitely changes, like, kind of your approach to things, I guess you could say. Because, yeah, like, sure. I remember when I was a kid, it used to irritate me. Yeah. Like, I'd be, like, mad if yeah. it was hot and, like, mad if I was sweating and stuff like that. And then when they all moved, they, they originally lived in, like, the Palm Springs area. Same thing. In Palm Springs, California, it gets really hot. And then when they moved to Arizona, it's even hotter. And, like, I went down there one summer and I had to get used to getting up at, like, four in the morning to go run trail. 
and it didn't matter if it was four in the morning it you had a light on you're thinking well it should be colder you're still in shorts and a tank top dripping sweat as you're out there running right mm. and it's just like god you know how do you guys do this and <laughs> but literally it did it completely changed my i guess my my approach to it and my my ability to deal with it you know yep. so it's yep. like now here when it gets really hot everybody's like oh my god it's hot and it's like oh well you know yeah. it sucks but it is what it is it's it i don't freak out as much because no. i'm like it's still not as hot as arizona <laughs> no I, I truly believe that um extreme heat and cold are just conditioning elements like a form of pain almost that you once you keep stretching those boundaries <coughs> you, you just learn to not yeah. kind of freak out about them well, yeah. that, that actually is kind of what got me into endurance running and stuff like that. And actually, I guess kind of conditioned me to be able to handle endurance running was I, I lived in, when I lived in the Reno area, I lived in the Truckee Tahoe area for a long time. And Truckee Tahoe, I mean, that area holds, still holds records for some of the coldest temperatures in Northern California, or not, I, I think actually in the U.S. Uh, well, maybe it's just the Northern side of the U.S. or something. I don't remember what it is, but they, it gets freaking cold there and they get a lot of snow and I would run all the time I would run and like come home and I'd have icicles in my eyelashes, you know, and like my, any hair that was exposed would be no. white from my breath blasting back on it and freezing, wow. you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like that's, that's when I first started out in the whole running thing and I would only be doing like three miles a day, but like, it's amazing how that does. It changes your perspective and changes the way you can handle things. And like after that is when I started doing in like the, the ultra marathons and stuff like that. And it was just like, you know, you get out there and, and you're running trails for like, you know, 50 miles and you're like, dude, I ran when it was like minus 10 degrees Fahrenheit. I can run through anything. <laughs> That's crazy. Is that, uh, what sort of distances are you, are you doing? Is, is that 50 mile? Is that kind of where you, um is that your comfort level there like is that the yeah. is that your maxing out there or that's not my maxing out that's just kind of like this year i didn't really this year just been running to to you know like any outdoor stuff i did at all this year was just to maintain my level of you know health i guess you could say yeah. i really didn't pursue any races at all this year um i do my next one when I kind of get everything figured out at home and get the job stuff a little more settled and everything like that, I, I I'm aiming for another hundred miler and I've, that's what that's, you know, I think I'll probably kind of chill out after that. Just for, just <laughs> but, for our, just for any of the Australian listeners, um, that's 160 kilometers. Gee whiz. Okay. <laughs> and 50 miles is 80 kilometers. What? Yeah, yeah, 50 remember miles, before when I said I, I, she was a beast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, is that in your 50 comfort? milers are definitely, they're my favorite though. I love the 50 milers because, okay, I mean, like if you've ever just run three miles, that is a huge accomplishment. But like you get into, I mean, you're not even running anymore when you go to those distances and that's where all the hiking and stuff like that yep. comes into play for me personally is because... I know exactly how to, you know, keep doing that because you're, you, nobody runs outright the whole time on a, a race that long. You just can't. Your body's like, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So you, you learn to like, when you get to a hill instead of running up the hill, you speed hike the hill, you know, and you, yeah, you try to yeah. run on the level surfaces or run downhill. So again, all 
all my combined experience, I guess, out there kind of is what pushed me towards the ultra running scene in the whole first place. It was like, well, I know I can hike. Oh, I can run. Yeah, I can do this. That's awesome. You know, so it, when I first did a 50 miler, I was just like, I actually was not in shape and had not been training. I think like if you ever follow people who train for ultras and stuff like that, they're like out there running 20 miles on the weekends each day, yeah, like 20 yeah. miles on Saturday, 20 miles on Sunday. I wasn't. I was like, hey, you know, I might do seven miles today. Yeah. You know, so I was not in shape, but I had the mindset basically. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of all that got me through it. It's just like, well, you know, the kids and I just went on like a 20 mile hike and I, this is when Wyatt was still really small. So I was carrying him on my shoulders for probably half of that. And, um, you know, and this is like, it, it, you just get to that point in your mindset, just, you keep going. So when I'm out there and I'm doing this race and I was not ready for it, I know I wasn't, I mean, I was in pain for a few days after that for sure, but few days. I, I did few it, you know, there me. wasn't a quit. Oh yeah. Lots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you, you start to like, it's amazing the places on your body that will start rubbing on parts of your clothes and like ripping open. And you're like, what yeah. the heck, where'd that even come from? I have like a vest, you know, that I wear with my water bottles and I'll pack a little food in it and stuff like that. And it rubbed right here on my arm. And by mile 30, that was all ripped open. And I had to have the aid station guys bandage it all back up and it ripped through the band-aids and I had to oh, bandage wow. it back up again. And it's just like, why do people do this? This is so stupid. And then as soon as you're done, you're like, I'm going to sign up for another one. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I, it sounds kind of, yeah, I guess to, sounds to me like it was the same. I just keep hearing this kind of tenacity in in everything you do. It sounds like the same thing that got you through that that tough stuff. You know, it's just that yeah, it, you you don't stop. You just you just keep trucking, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, well, you can't. You know, like. You know, we I've had friends in my life who gave up and, and lost themselves to things and stuff. And it's just like definitely having the parents that I have is has been a very big, big um, influencer, I guess, in not quitting and not giving up and then everything, you know, and like even though I strayed away from how we were raised and everything like yep. that, you know, like my, my sisters were, you know, that they were they did everything the way that my parents were planning on raising us. I, I was the. I'm the middle child, so I went the middle child way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> I mean, it just, when it really comes down to it, though, it's just, I don't know, becoming a mom kind of helped that as well. I mean, you know, I, I became a mom at, when I was 23 years old, and so even though it was never a plan to be a mom at all, um, <laughs> I, I'm forever grateful for my children because they – you can't give up when you have kids. You have two little people watching your every move, looking up to you. Um, yep. You know, like just it, just everything. Everything I do is about them. I mean, even my job I have now. The only reason I have it is because it's such a great support system for my kids. It gets them out, gets them working with animals, gets them outside every day. It's it's incredible. It gets us to live where we get to live. You know, yep. it's it's so cool. And then even like now, you know, like the running was more my thing, but the hiking has always been there, but it's, it's become so much bigger because of my children, you yep. know? And so like, I'm trying to kind of the same thing. I, the no quit attitude, I try to influence them with that as much as possible. It's just like, you know, we don't give up. You can't give yeah, up. It's, it's That's just not how life works. Mm, yeah. So I'm trying. <laughs> it, it's, uh, <laughs> well, there's definitely been trials and stuff, but it, it's, 
you know that like you know when when you go after something and it just all seems to click into place and it all seems to flow and you just know that you're on the right path. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. this has all been ever since, you know, when I got clean and when I started just pursuing different things and just getting back outside, knowing that the most healing thing for me was to be active, to be outside mm-hmm. and then to continue it with my children, with a new generation of little mini me's, you know, and it's just like, it just, it's all fallen. Everything that I've aimed for has always fallen into place. And it's just like, okay, well then we're definitely going on the right path here. Yeah. We're yeah. going where we need to be. Yeah. That's you know? right. Yeah. Seems it's, great. it's been, it's been a very awesome journey so far. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, having a conversation with my eldest son, uh, sometime last year about not giving up and he was doing something and I explained, explained that to him and, and uh, it was probably about three weeks later. I was um, I do a bit of a boot camp thing in my backyard. I've got truck tires and stuff, and and <laughs> heavy logs and stuff that I'll do. And I was um, I was trying to I, was, I have this really long rope attached to this um, six foot punching bag, and I'll do all different things with it. But I'll extend the rope out, and then I'll sit on my butt, and I'll just pull it to me and all uh-huh. three all three boys were sitting on the damn thing just going come on dad come on dad and i was pulling it and i got i got i mean i'm talking like a what a 30 40 foot rope i'm pulling in and it got to the last few meters and i was just destroyed and yeah. my eldest boy goes come on dad remember what you said about not giving up <laughs> and i just went, Ah, uh, and you're like, but, oh, this is not what I put those words uh, thrown back at me. Exactly. I quit. <laughs> so, but I tell you what, <laughs> as soon as he said it, I just bit down and just got it done. Yeah, <laughs> you, because exactly. like you said, that's not the time to quit. Any, mm. you don't do it in front of him. You can't. It's. Uh, oh I'd be, gosh, yeah. I just told him not to quit, and then he's calling me on it. So. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and they're watch watching, it. and it's amazing. Yeah, they yeah. watch us all the time. And it's just like, God, okay, I really actually have to be a good influence on these little people. It's <laughs> uh, it's a tough job. I love it, though. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I make little jokes about how my kids weren't planned and stuff like that. But I, I, I'm extremely blessed that I got to have children, you know. And they've just been – it's just been such a joy to just – to have them with me and just kind of understand those are mine. Those are my children. Those are my babies. And this is so cool. And like, you know, that no quit attitude, they, they both exhibit that a hundred percent. They're just, it it kind of gets a little overwhelming sometimes where I'm like, all right, it's okay now, (laughs) you know, but they, they, they pick up on it fast. My, my youngest Wyatt, he's in flag flex football. He, he asked way too late in the season to be signed up for football. And so it was like, okay, well, we can't sign you up. I, I got to wait, you know. And uh, so I found this little program through like the YMCA, you know, that is like a flag, soft touch type of football. Good Lord, it is so much fun watching him excel at that. And it's just like he gets out there and he's just like he's ready for it. You know, he's getting after the ball. He's getting after all these kids. He's running after them, pulling the tags and stuff, you know. It's just like, holy crap, you know. And like I'm like, way to go. You know, you don't even have to like – the fact that I don't even have to – take him aside and be like don't give up you know he just does it all on his own it is so incredible to see and same with my my oldest boy he's my tucker he's more of like the computer kid you know he's the one who likes to sit and draw and read books he's not really so much the physical kid but like 
he he asked me the other day if he could start running, you know, and it's just like, okay, let's see what you got, you know. So oh, that's cool. We have a dirt mm. road that comes here to my house and then goes down to the ranch. So I was like, okay, let's run down to the ranch and back. And if you don't stop, I'll let you run a trail with me. He ran, not only like ran it, ran it, but he was like huffing and puffing and his face is bright red. And I'm like, you can slow down, buddy. It's okay. Slow down, pace yourself. And he's like, no, you know, and he just hundred percent went for it. And he never once stopped. And I, I he probably went through up afterwards. I'm, I'm sure. Cause he really <laughs> overexerted himself, <laughs> but like, it was just like, I love that because, you know, not having to even worry about having that conversation with them kids, just being an example of just trying to be the best example I can of just not giving up and just keep going, you know? And they definitely, they're definitely showing that they're picking up on that. It's great. <laughs> mm, that's awesome. Hey, uh, mm. I'm going to say three words to you. I want to get a response, okay? Lam- okay. Lamb of God. What? Is that- just want to see what my reaction is? I just, well, I just, I've seen you talk about this. And uh, is this one of your tunes? Is this one of your bands that gets you motivated? Yeah. <laughs> there so music is a, a big part of my life i actually have a, a, another tattoo on my side with music notes and stuff like that nautical store stars and everything is same same type of meaning as this one on my arm right the nautical stars for direction and the music is like it, it music's such a big influence in my life um <laughs> so have you have you listened to anything oh yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> okay. it, it reminds me of so, um uh, today I was I went on a long drive. I had to do a two-hour drive today this morning, and um, I was listening to um, White Zombie. Yeah. Yeah, and I just thought oh, there's a lot of similarities there, but yeah, it's just pretty full on. It's good. Yeah. Uh, well, so like we're we're super musical in my family. My my dad is like a genius with the guitar. A genius. All of us girls play some sort of instrument. We kind of pick at the guitar. We all sing and stuff like that. So again, same thing, my upbringing in the outdoors, my upbringing with music and whatnot has been there. Um, so uh, Lamb of God, I just, there's, there's a few songs that of theirs that kind of get you going. And then there's just some all out, just crazy sounding songs of theirs <laughs> that like when you need to just not think at all and just get something done, you yeah. listen to that and you're, you know, you're, you're going for it. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I, uh, I mean, Craig and I used to play in a band. That's how we met. 20, 20 odd years ago, yeah. um, but um, other bands that were, and I feel the same way about depending on what I'm doing is things like Sepultura, um, yeah, yeah, that sort of fires me up. Pantera, yeah, but it's slightly more old school than than Lamb of God. Yeah, <laughs> well, see, okay, I originally started like with Slayer, you know, Slayer oh, was right. just like yeah, my go-to. Well, we yeah. did start at the so, same place then. then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, I mean, like, if you ever go, like, on my Amazon list or on my, my Pandora list or whatever, there is so many different types of music in there. I, I never just stay with just one. I mean, it's anything from, like, you know, like, uh, Dirty Heads, which are, you know, like, kind of reggae and stuff like that. Right, to yeah. Like, you know, over to Metallica, then, like, back to, like, some, like, EDM type of music. You know, it's it's just a broad range. Um when we were kids, <laughs> my mom firmly believed that rock was like, you know, like Satan music and stuff like that. And I remember when I was little, someone gave me one of those CD player Walkmans yep. and um, like Stain, Stain had just come out 
And so, like, you know, Aaron Lewis's voice, so he's got, like, an incredible voice and stuff like that. And I remember someone just, like, was like, you can borrow this CD, you know? And I would listen to Stained. I'd listen to that whole album every night in my headphones so my mom wouldn't find out. <laughs> and that kind of, like, otherwise, I mean, like, she, she like, let us listen to country. And my, my dad always played stuff like William Elwood. He's, like, a classical guitar, acoustic guitar guy. He's just, he's incredible. My dad kind of plays music like him and stuff my mom's just like well country is not bad and i'm like mom they're talking about like cheating and drinking and all this <laughs> kind of stuff how's country not bad you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like when um when i kind of you know when i obviously when i got away from in my mom being able to say what i could and couldn't listen to i just explored any kind of music i can and literally there is no type of music that i don't like and that i don't listen to it just music is incredible you know and Lamb of God, there, and I can't remember what the song was now, the first song I ever heard. It was like, I think I had like that serious satellite radio in my truck and I had a rock station on and they played a Lamb of God song and I was just like, oh my God, that's awesome. That's such <laughs> great music, you know? And then like, I started listening to my headphones when I'd run, you know? And yeah. it's like, yeah, like I said, certain songs would just like, just amp you up and get you going, you yeah. know? <laughs> so they're, you ever, they're, they're pretty good. Have you ever heard of um, <laughs> any Mastodon? Yep, Mastodon. I oh, love Mastodon. Man, I love that stuff. <laughs> that is good. That's good running. There's good, like curler. Yeah. If you run to curler the bell, man, you'll do your best time exactly. <laughs> ever. But um, hey, what's your exactly. what's your opinion on running with music? Because I'm I'm torn. I'm torn both ways on that. Personally, I'd like to hear your opinion. It- my it's it varies i guess um like i said when i first started running i was always on the road um it was always like i I never even thought of running on a trail you know what i mean and so it was just like the the kind of like what you saw in other runners is they'd gear up they'd have their headphones in and they'd run yeah and like i'll still do that even to this day but like what kind of got me away from listening to music actually when i run is when i start running trail because i would rather hear you know, nature, you know what I mean? I'd rather hear what's going on around me and stuff like that. Or like, you know, where where I run, there's mountain lions, there's bears and stuff like that. We actually have timber wolves now in the area and everything. So you got to be a little more alert. You can't really be up there with music going, (laughs) you know? So, but I mean, the same thing is just like, I want to, I want to be able to hear just all that, you know, the nature stuff. And then like, I'll, I'll run every once in a while on road. Still, we, we go to this, um, this really cool thing that they did in Klamath Falls is there used to be a railroad that went through Klamath Falls and it, you know, they, they rerouted it. And so like, they still had the area, but they ended up paving the trails of some of the trails they paved. And then like, you could go all the way up on some of the dirt track part of it all the way to like Lakeview, which is like a hundred something miles away on this old railroad system, which yep. is really cool. But like when we go out there, if I'm running it by myself, I usually have music on just because it, when I'm compared to like when I'm on trail, I'm just, I'm just totally out there having fun. It's yep. just so cool. It's like an adventure, you know? Yeah, and then when I'm back on road or anything like that, and it's kind of the same thing over and over, yeah. I get bored of it. Yep. So I put music on, you know, I'll listen to music because it distracts me. It takes me out of that place and I'll just listen to music and yeah. focus on that instead and just keep running. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of see both sides. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, bad i don't think it's the greatest i don't think you have to do it i don't think you don't have to do it it's i understand it and then i kind of step away from it a lot too yeah so just i guess it depends on my environment (laughs) yeah i definitely i think 
the way you've explained it is probably exactly the way I approach it as well. Like I would think it would be um, almost sacrilegious to for me to put headphones on and run through a rainforest and just you know I, I just oh yeah I just couldn't do it. Uh, but um, if I do run on the streets. Yeah, I put it. I I definitely put something in, but something I noticed uh, a few years back was uh, I found that the music was masking my kind of heavy breathing, and and I I was yeah. I felt like I was cheating because I was um, not really dealing with the the panic or whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, couple of times I had to run without headphones when um, the batteries went flat. And uh, I remember that it was punishing. It was grueling hearing myself yeah. breathing and heaving and the footsteps getting kind of sloppier. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, uh, you almost wanted to cover it up again and put the music back on. I think once yeah. I dealt with that, I think I became more comfortable with running though. Yeah. Like it's okay and, you know, to it's sound like, like you're dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because everybody does. You run in a group of runners, it's like, you know, like a big panting group of runners, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it it's the same thing, though. Like, it's funny because my mom, she kind of got into the running thing there for a while. Like I said, she's, she's into bike riding and stuff like that. So that's more her thing. But her bike, uh, some she had to go get it worked on and she like was kind of in between jobs at the time. So she just let the bike just sit and wait for her to get another job. And I was like, well, in the meantime, why don't you try running? And I, it was funny because like you, you get to these levels in anything that you do, like even like just any type of physical activity, I guess. I I remember when I first started mountain bike racing, same thing. I, I would be like so distressed when I couldn't keep up with everybody when I was the one going through every single gear on my bike. And, you know, when I had to hold my brake all the way down the downhill, I was just like, why can't I, you know, like in my mind, I needed to be as good as everybody else. But then as I, I got better and better in the mountain biking scene and as I started doing more races, it just naturally came, you know, like yep. it just all I just got used to it. Same with running. I remember when I first was running, it was like I was always in competition with myself always in competition with myself. It's like, same thing. My breathing would drive me nuts. I didn't want to hear myself breathe. And it was just like, to my mind, oh, you're so out of shape because you're breathing that hard. And I'm like, yeah. no, man, you're running. Yeah, you're pushing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you know, in uh, now, I mean, I could go like, you know, an entire week without running, step outside, run, run for 10 miles straight and not even think of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's incredible. And same with like my bike, my mountain, my, the mountain bike stuff. I haven't raced a mountain bike race in freaking years, 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 years. But like if it, you know, I go pump my bike up, I take it, I'll take it up to the pass over here where there's some pretty good trails and stuff like that. You get on that downhill side and it just clicks. It's just conditioning. Yeah. It's, it's all back there. But yeah, same thing is like when you first start something, it's like, you're so much harder on yourself than you need to be. And that's why the music, I think, was the same with you, with me, when I first started running the music was just, that was part of it. it I yeah, had to have that music. That's right. Because it's like, it was the only way I could just get out of it, like, not freak myself out. Okay, I got to stop now, you know? Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, I just think that's pretty much all it is, is just a conditioning thing, you know? Mm. What, uh, what shoes are you running these days? <laughs> Um, still with the barefoot movement. So, um, 
Like Meryl, um, I picked Meryl up a while ago and I, I love Meryl. I still do everything with them as well, my hiking shoes are with Meryl and everything like that. If, if I wear actual hiking boots, I will wear Meryl. Usually I'm, I'm hiking out in sandals and stuff like that. Everybody calls <laughs> me a hippie, <laughs> but like, um, someone turned me on to, cause I, I do the minim- minimalist approach yep. to everything, yep. you know? And so like, I have a my Merrells that I have now are the Vapor Gloves. I believe it's the third gen Vapor Gloves. And then um, I got into Luna Sandals there for, I mean, I still have them. I still run in those a lot. So those are my two go-tos. If I'm not completely barefoot, if I have shoes on, it's either the Luna Sandals or it's the Merrell Vapor Gloves. And then every once in a while, the thing I, the thing one of the things I picked up is with, with minimalist running, you're not really working so much like on the top half of your leg. You're, you're mostly working your calves. Right. So on the hills and stuff like that, that you need your quads and everything to kind of fire when you're going up a hill and everything. And, you know, I, I, uh, I won two pairs of Solomon shoes, running shoes, yeah. um, when I was racing in Tahoe. And to this day, I still have them. They're great shoes. I don't wear them enough to really break them down. So I'll cross train with those every once in a while where if I've been running in the barefoot shoes for a while and kind of start noticing like maybe my, my thigh muscle is starting to weaken a little, I'll yep. put the Solomons on. <clears throat> right, yeah. And then those are running that whole upper part. Yeah. yeah They're great shoes. Solomon, I, I support Solomon. Uh, the all the races, a lot of the races in Tahoe are sponsored by Solomon. And they yep. just they make some incredible gear. I mean, um, all I ever knew about them before was their skis. You know, skis and ski boots with yeah, Solomon. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like, oh, they do shoes. <laughs> nah, we're we're big advocates for Solomon. I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got this. Uh, what it speed cross? What are these threes or fours? Three speed cross four. four. What, yeah, I, I have the speed cross and I have the. What's that mix one that they made that was supposed to go to from road to trail? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't remember what that one's called. But I also but I, have I a bunch of Merrells too. as well. <laughs> there was a Merrell that and came Merrill out called just... a Fuse. Did you ever see that? It was minimalist. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't think it went that popular, but I've still got them at home. I absolutely love them. Just a real slim foot and the shape of the soles like actually the shape of your foot it's not just a big of your block foot, yeah. yeah and i they're so yeah. light i just love um i love going up and down mounds with them they're good mm-hmm. but i did yeah, I, have that, a, that I had a like, good run in these um speed cross last weekend i did 5k's and yeah i was totally yeah. comfortable that's the because i've not ran in these yet i just like to wear them but they did absolutely fine yeah yeah <laughs> They make good they're, gear. They're comfy shoes. Yeah. Yeah, we've got um, the hiking, Solomon hiking boots as well. Mm. I can't yeah. remember what they're called, the, the GTX the, or something. They're just, they're, I don't know, that's like, you know, I, I, I didn't start off in the minimalist thing at all. It was somebody, I, I blew out my knee one time and someone goes, why don't you try running minimalist? And so I transitioned. I started with like a Saucony or I think it was the brand or whatever. And it was yep. like a halfway type of shoe. Yep. And then I went to um, REI. I love REI. And there was some Merrells there. And there was, you know, zero drop, full minimalist shoe. And I was just like, and it just looked awesome. And the lady goes, well, you don't have to wear socks with it. And that sold me because I hate having <laughs> socks on my feet. drives me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I'm in, um, <laughs> you know. And just I started running those. And I've, I've stuck with Merrell ever since. Merrell has been my go-to as far as the minimalist stuff goes. And then 
when I got given those, when I won those Solomons, I was just like, uh, you know, cause I was like, at the time I was kind of a snob about my minimalist stuff. I was like, well, I'm a minimalist, winner, you know, but like I, I put them on and wore them on a hike and it was the speed cross, same thing. And I wore them on a hike. I was like, wow, these are actually really comfortable. And then I ran a race in them in Arizona and I think I won the race. I believe that's either I won the race or I was second in my age group or something like that yep. or first in my age group or something. I can't remember now, but and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give these a chance, you know? So I've stuck with Solomon this whole time as well, just for a, a really great alternative to any minimalist. I always support when, when I get asked that question, you know, like, okay, well, I, I'm not really re- quite ready to do the whole minimalist shoe thing. You know, I, I like socks and everything. It's like, all right, well, um, my next choice would be Solomon's. They just yeah. make an incredibly comfortable shoe. Um, it's light. It's, it's held up. I mean, Oh, the XR missions. That's what I have. The other ones, XR missions and the speed cross. Right. And the XRs just, I mean, I probably have 700 miles on those XRs and wow. they're, they'll go mm. even longer. Yeah. Their they're build great. quality is, um, yeah, you can't compare their build quality. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. You definitely get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyone, someone actually asked me on um, Instagram recently, oh, I get asked all the time in person as well, like what what shoes should I look at? And I just say that, Meryl, Solomon, that's all I'm going to tell you. Yep. Yep. Work, yep. Out, <laughs> work out what you need to be doing and get some advice on which shoe. But mm. if you buy one of those two brands, you'll still have them in three years and you'll thank me for the longevity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I remember when I first was running, someone had given me a pair of Nikes and I'm not trying to bash Nike. I just... <laughs> The fact that Nike lasted 200 miles of running and it was just like they were they're blown out, they're torn yeah. apart. And it was, uh, Granted, they were given to me, so I really didn't complain that much. But I was just like, I thought Nike, this is what they do. I thought they make shoes, you know, and I was like so disappointed. But yeah, because like, what, 200 miles, miles, you would have clocked that up yeah, in about two weeks, wouldn't you? Out. Yeah, <laughs> it, I was ticked. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Every and then night, like, I think yeah. I bought an under, like Under Armour is kind of my go-to gear a lot for clothing and stuff. But then I bought some of their shoes. Same thing, it was like 300 miles with them and they blew out. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I Maybe this is normal. But to me, a shoe should last a lot longer than that. So then when I went to Merrill and I went to Solomon, it was just like my hiking boots from Merrill, I... I've had them for so long. I think I, oh, I was still in my twenties when I bought the Merrill's hiking boots, and I mean they're 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 worn. They're yeah. definitely worn, but they're still. I could go. I mean, they're the Gore-Tex ones. I still can yeah. walk through all the water and still not get leaks in my shoes into my socks. Nothing. It's great. It's just like, okay, see, to me, if you're gonna spend close to two hundred bucks on a shoe. And it lasts for thousands of miles. You're, you're, it's money well spent. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, they're enjoyable miles as well. The, the exactly. Comfort level mm. is incredible. And uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the grip and everything on those are fantastic. You know, like walk up, we went, we went to in Bishop, California, outside of Bishop, California, is all these boulders and stuff like that. And we, my dad's kind of into bouldering and rock climbing and stuff. And I, I get into it here and there mostly with him <laughs> i don't really go out and do it by myself but if he wants to i'm like yeah i'm there and uh i had those boots on the first time we went out to happy boulders and we're climbing around on these boulders and stuff and he's going you know he's getting invert and stuff and he's going up and over and i was just kind of scrambling and stuff but i had my Merrill hiking boots on and at the time i'd had over i mean i i think i was like 29 at the time so i'd had them for about four years yep 
and I'm running up the side of rocks with these things. I'm just like, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, good stuff. Well, something mm-hmm. I noticed uh, and I wanted to quiz you on was when you're doing a lot of this uh, the stuff outdoors, what I find, how can I put it? I find it admirable, but uh, at the same time, um, I think it's, I just, I just don't know how to put it into words. When I see you out there, a lot of times you're alone, right? And mm-hmm. um, there's just every every woman I've talked to who wants to get into outdoor type activities, like one of the biggest, um, well, a couple of things they say to me is, I've got no, what, nobody to show me, don't really know where to start. So they haven't had that upbringing that you've had. So they're just yeah. saying, hey, I want to get into it. I'm in my mid-20s or whatever. What do I do? So they need someone yeah. to guide them. But then there's also that kind of that that fear factor of, oh, that, that's a dangerous environment. So I don't have any preparation yes. for that, which is obviously something that you must have acquired along the way is that just that general kind of sense and uh, the, the safety kind of aspects that you probably take for second for granted like a second nature now well yeah it's it is and you know that it's it's unfortunate but the thing of it is is women you know we are always looked at and targeted as a weaker you know and so if if something's going to happen it's going to happen to a woman especially women out running or women out hiking on their own and stuff like that you know you're unfortunately a target Yeah. yeah um my biggest thing i don't know like there was a lot of you know like Growing up, you know, with my dad, my dad, like I, I said, he was a he was a, a police officer when we were kids. He was retired Navy SEAL, so we, we got a lot of self defense training from him, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. And like a lot of survival stuff, he started out on and everything like that. He showed us a lot of survival things, showed us what we can eat, and you know how to build fires out of nothing. You know, so so it's like here's like yeah, here's a you know stick and something, just build a fire. It's like okay, dad, you know we're like five, and um, <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> He, he's big influence in that. My, my mom was always more of the timid of them where like, you know, she was a lot more cautious, but you, you got to admire a woman taking three girls out. You know, like if my dad was gone or at work, my mom would just take us, she'd take us on bike rides, she'd take us on walks and a woman and three little girls. I mean, we were like, my sisters and I are all about a year apart. So, you know, we're all like at the same stage and it, that I think just, you know, knowing that she, you know, she would talk about being alert and she'd tell us about, you know, to pay attention and stuff like that, but she still did it. Yep. And she still went out there. She didn't let it hold her back. Yeah. And so that kind of put us in that mentality too, is you just do it. But like with me personally, I, I know I always take precautions with me. I have, I run everywhere I run. I always have a knife on me or my dog, you know, my dog has been, when I started running, I didn't have a dog, you know, and my mom, even though she was the tough one when we were kids, she's like a wimp now. And so, you know, she called me, are you going to go run? You know, it's just like, oh my God, I'm worried about you. Call me. You know, it's like, okay, mom, I got it. So, you know, I always had my check-in system with my mom and stuff like that. And then, um, I started running with a knife to make her feel better and stuff like that. And then when I got Juno, she like went from calling me and bugging me every five seconds. If she knew I was running or hiking or anything to like, Oh, you got the dog. You're fine. It's like, well, he would lick somebody before he'd <laughs> yeah, kill exactly, him. You know, yeah. thanks mom, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, it, it is, it's kind of, there's just, there's so many things that women can do to make themselves feel better and make themselves less approachable. Um, 
the way that my dad always taught us is like even just the way that we approach things, you know, like the way yep. we walk into the room, the way yep. that, you know, like when we're wandering around and stuff like that. And I'm always putting this on my kids as well. When we leave my truck to go into a store, we ha our heads are up. We're looking around. We're always alert. You know, yep. nobody's playing on a phone. Nobody's messing with stuff. That's and just, you know, even when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're still yeah, using you're still that, observing. you know, and yep. yeah, you're always aware. Um, one of the things I did start doing out here, just because like I was explaining, you know, there's cougars out here, there's black bears, there's, there's, uh, wolves out here and stuff like that. Um, beyond just running with a, a knife and with my dog and stuff like that, or hiking with him. Um, I, I always carry a pistol now too, when I'm out in the woods and stuff, just, it, it just, it's a secondary thing. I mean, when before I had kids, it was just kind of like, well, I'll just go out there, no big deal. But like after I had the boys, it's like, oh yeah, I actually got to protect myself yeah, out yeah, there, you, you know. That's <laughs> yeah. We've Craig and I have had those conversations. I mean, we don't have that type of cougar here. We got the other type, yeah. but, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. which is still equally dangerous, scary stuff. But uh, we don't run into them <laughs> on the trails. We uh, we have had those conversations about well now. I make different decisions when I'm in the wilderness. I, I didn't have yeah. a uh, personal locator beacon until a couple of years ago because I was just out there and uh, doing what I do. But now, as soon as the, my first son was born, whoa, all of a sudden, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm accountable Heck. now. I, I've got to come home because the, you know, exactly. there's people wait, waiting for me and – I've got exactly uh, it completely changes everything it, it when you have kids. I think that's Which okay. Is, it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's good because you got to think to how stupid were we before we had kids? <laughs> yeah. Because even <laughs> my driving, even when I'm driving, I'm like, I get right to the speed limit and I set to cruise control, you know, and I'm like, I'm always watching everybody and like. Yeah. I, I never had road rage until I had kids because now I realize how idiot everybody yeah. else is in their driving. I'm like, oh, you so dumb, you know? And it's just like, all right, calm down, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That's fantastic. Uh, I really like what you – I think that um, any any women listening would kind of get a lot out of that because the way I see it, you've you've been presented with a series of problems, whether it's the the animals or – potentially people you might run into but any one of those could have been an excuse for you to say well maybe being outdoors is not for yeah. me or maybe i Don't need do it. Yeah. maybe i need to wait for a big strong man to take me out there for a run like but i just love the fact that you've just gone nah i want to get yeah. out there how do i get out there how do i get out there what things do i change what adjustments do i make because i want to be out there and i don't want to be relying on anybody else mm. yeah well, and that's like another thing too, like for women, one of the biggest things is to know where you are and know where you're going. Um, uh, when I first moved here, when I was getting used to the area, I would drive my routes. You know, like if I was going to go out on a forestry road, I would take my truck, I'd drive the route first. So I knew how long I was, how many miles it was, um, you know, where I was going to turn, where I was going to go. I'd always have it planned, you know? Yeah. Um, same. My dad always told us, "Don't take the same route and over and over again." So, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't have certain days where I do certain things. I would mix it up all the time. Um, even even when we go when we go out to the Sky Lakes Wilderness, you know, 
we, I know exactly how long I'm going to be out there and I know exactly the best spaces to turn around in or like if I have to get away from something or yeah. like, you know, like I, I plant all my trees even, you know, which is kind of dumb because, you know, a bear and a mountain lion can eat, climb a tree, but the wolves <laughs> can't. So, <laughs> but you know, and it's, it's just, it's basically what it comes down to is just as a woman. I mean, yeah, you, you can't let fear hold you back. You can't. And you know, like, like I was saying, you know, with all of us having kids and stuff, it does change our mentality and our approach to things. But at the same time, you, we got to show our kids, you know, that you can't let things hold you back either. And life is an adventure. We're supposed to be enjoying it. We're supposed to be out there. And, you know, uh, this journey is just incredible. Don't let things keep you in your house when there's so much world to explore, you know? And so just like, what I try to pass on to boys or, you know, like if uh, I have a friend actually who I just uh, a new friend in the area and she's, she's kind of a timid person and she likes to be outside and stuff, but she doesn't know the area and same thing. She kind of gets, she heard all the stories about how we have wolves in the area now and it freaked her out. So I took her with me last week. Actually, we went out to the, to one of my favorite trails and I took her out and I looped her around with me and stuff like that. Showed her one of the best loops to do out there and everything. And, you know, she's, she she did it. It was really great. But like just the whole time, I'm just kept telling her, it's just like, you know, you can't let things hold you back. You take every precaution that you can, yep. you know, as a woman going out here, as being by yourself out here and stuff like that. You, you just you, you have to you have to be aware you have to set yourself up for the worst thing possible, basically. But don't let it control you and don't let it slow you down. Don't let it stop you from doing what you love, from getting out there and enjoying this and like, you know, the mentality I kind of pass on to the boys is like, you know, we're all going to end up in the same place. We're all going to die here eventually. Yeah. You know, so would you rather do it cocooned in your little safe place or would you rather be out on some adventure and, and knowing Wrestling that when you... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, would you, you know, exactly. It's, it's would you rather say that you lived your life or would you rather like look back and be like, man, I didn't do nothing, you know? So that's a hundred percent true. That's kind of my mentality on that type of deal is just, you know, we're be safe, but don't let it hold you back. You know, don't let the fear of stuff hold you back. And just, yeah, as women, we just have to take just a little more precautions. We just got to be a lot more aware of things, Yeah, but it's still a doable thing. You know, my biggest thing I think for women is, you know, if, if, if you can get a dog, get a dog. That is one of the best traveling companions, the best hiking, running, all of that companions. If you get a scary looking dog, even better. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a but much I, much better note to finish that on. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I am conscious. Well, like with you. Huh? I am conscious of of um, taking up any more of your time, but. Uh, is there any questions you had for us quickly before uh, we – I mean, you don't have to. This is no pressure. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of my biggest things is how did you guys kind of get into this whole thing, like, you know, the podcast and everything like that? And oh, the podcast side of it? What made you – yeah. Uh, that's such a good question. <clears throat> the – okay, so originally – we were doing all this hiking or we were both doing solo hiking as well. And I took a um, video camera along on a canoe trip that I did and I filmed the whole mm. thing and I never intended to use it for anything except show my family or something in the future. And yeah. I ended up 
cutting it up and making it, um, I think it was two episodes or something, mm-hmm. uh, and chucking it on YouTube and some people jumped on and it was received like, pretty well. And so I started making a lot of, well, we both made a lot of video content. We do a lot of gear reviews and stuff like that as well, which is, I just felt like we had to kind of give back um, not only to, because uh, we do have, you know, fantastic sponsors, but not just for that reason, but to, I felt like when we were coming up, we were, there was a lack of information at the time. And I feel like giving back honest information was important. But what I found yeah. was, yeah, right, because mm. it's it's not. I don't do a review on stuff because someone gives it to me. Yeah, I'll test it mm. and then I'll say well, yeah. it's not that great, uh, or it's really great because it's my integrity mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we don't we don't go down that route. But what I found was the production time uh, in creating uh video content is is just enormous like it's huge it's hours and weeks and weeks you know so i'm trying to we're doing these episodes multi-day kind of adventures and stuff and whilst i still look back on some of that stuff and love it i Mm -hmm. i I wasn't i didn't feel like i was getting stuff out to people quick enough so when we I just had this. I actually had the idea a couple of years ago to do the podcast, but we we didn't get into it. Um, and it was end of last year. I said to Craig, "We got to we got to get we got to give more information more regularly, uh, and it yes. need, and it needs to include other people's perspectives, like people like yourself." And and mm-hmm. uh, so we decided this was the year. We set a goal, and uh, we did the first one in January, and. The, res- the response has been ridiculously good. Oh, so. I, it, that's what I was going to say. It's, you know, and the thing of it is, it's, it's amazing. I love the podcast view of it and, and the, yeah, the like connecting with other people who are like-minded or, you know, just getting other people's opinions on things. I think that's just incredible. I love what you guys are doing because there's a lot of times that information actually is not out there, you know, yep. like, and, and, um, there's so many people are starting, you know, with, you would think like with, with uh, our easy access to the web and our easy access to, to searching things and whatnot, you would think so much more information on what we can do outdoors or what is the best brand for shoes, stuff yep. like that, you know, would be just available. But the first person review of things is yeah still the best way to do it, yeah. you know? And if you can get somebody who can just reach mass amounts of people, like, yep. you know, with you guys with the podcast stuff, if you can just put it out there for anybody who's actually interested in it to listen to it and give your opinions and get other people's opinions and whatnot, it is, that's just the, I, I still, you know, it's still the way to do it. It's like, you know, back in the days when you'd go into the barber shop and you'd get all the information and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that from you know, like the gossip and whatnot. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is like our form of gossip. Well, it is. <laughs> you think yeah. about the topics we've covered um, today and, the, you know, say for one tiny nugget of gold is think about all the information that you just gave people interested in trail running, trail running just on the shoes. Like there's yeah. no way we could have conveyed that. Mm-hmm. How could I have yeah. conveyed that? I don't. Yeah. I don't. Do I sit in front of a video camera on YouTube and talk about mm. shoes? But it, I don't even do the distances you do. It's, it doesn't. It just <laughs> didn't. It just doesn't kind of work. This is the only way it works. The advice you've given all the female listeners today is 
stuff that um, is – there's no other – how could I convey that? How could anyone convey that except yeah. you telling them straight up and in your own words? Mm-hmm. It's, I, it, yeah. That's what attracts me to other podcasts and uh, oh, yeah, that's exactly. what that's what I want this to be, you know. Yeah, it's a great way to have a conversation about all sorts of things and yeah, mm-hmm. l- long form like and this. And the best part of it, the best part too, is like you don't even realize the stuff you do, how much it affects people. You know, like when I first started my Instagram page, and I remember when I I was just doing running pictures because I thought it was cool, you know, or like yeah. I did travel pictures because I thought it was neat. And I just thought, you know, I was like, oh, that picture is badass. I'll share that, you know. Right. And then like you get people reaching out to you being like, hey, you have no idea how much you've influenced me. I'm like, I influenced you? I was just, you know, taking yeah. pictures mm-hmm. and I thought they were neat, you know. So the same thing with like, the podcast. You never quite know if what you're talking about, you know, you might have a goal of reaching people with a certain topic, but yep. it might be a side topic that actually reaches the Absolutely. people, you know, it answers yeah. someone's question. I'll tell you a fun, uh, it's, it's, funny story about that canoe video. So mm. this guy from Australia watched that canoe video that I thought was pretty crappy. I mean, editing and filming-wise, I still am embarrassed because I've come so far. But uh, <laughs> it, it, but it's raw, okay? And he um, watched this video. He wanted to do the same trip that I did, and he yeah. built – a canoe from scratch out of timber, built a wooden That's canoe. Say <laughs> what? Yeah. That's he so built cool. a wooden canoe for like six months and then <laughs> did this. And he wrote on my YouTube channel, um, oh, you inspired me with your video to build a canoe yeah. and do the same trip. And I, I just, I, I wow. said to him, thanks so much. You don't, you don't understand how much that helps me keep editing those long nights and because that's what it is and when people write on our Instagram love the love the podcast at like this guy called Jim yeah. Jim Denham I know you will be listening right now he yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a legend he's yeah. um going through his own weight loss journey and when he writes to me and says you guys are inspiring me inspiring me you're giving me the fuel to get out there and kick ass then I just say Mate, my job's done. My Good. job's done. Exactly. This is it. If this exactly. is what we can give back, holy heck, we're lucky people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I, I really appreciate what you guys do. I think it's just incredible because, you know, it's, it is. You, being able to be there, it, it's like, and sometimes, you know, when you're kind of going about these things and you kind of feel like you're not reaching anybody, you yes. know, and you're just like, well, okay, Often. we'll just keep going with it. And then you find out all these people that you've reached and it's just, I think you guys are doing great. It's awesome. I appreciate (laughs) it. That's very kind. You're welcome. Hey, Tanya, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on. I know I could talk to you for another four hours. Yeah. But but I I actually want to get to bed now. It's 10 past one in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you guys, it's late. My day is starting. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you're so sprightly and we're we're not. (laughs) Time for you to go and get out there. Yeah, get out. You haven't been (laughs) outdoors yet. Football game to get to here in a little while, so yeah, uh, I got. I had to sign a thing to. I, I cannot yell at the refs or at the other coaches, so <laughs> I have to be on my best behavior. Uh, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't imagine you doing that. Oh well, <laughs> I do. I, I will. I was joking. I was joking. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's my kid. Let him play, you know. So, <laughs> well, thanks, Tanya. Awesome. Yeah. Such an amazing story, crazy lifestyle. Yeah, and so glad yeah. glad you've been taking photos along the way and sharing them on Instagram. Yeah, too. I know a lot of people. I see other people that we fo- follow. Um, <laughs> like your photos and i think oh that's interesting like there's kind of a little group of us that cross pollinate we're like a little it's really nice yeah we're like <laughs> yeah. a little family on there yeah it's fantastic <laughs> perfect yeah thanks so much for your time tenya thank it's, it's you you guys get some awesome sleep. <laughs> it's been really good cool oh we'll be in touch right. hey can we um craig i want to take a selfie of us yeah because i'm gonna can we take a selfie with you <laughs> all right yeah. Oh, are you going to do it or am I going to do it? I don't mind. I'm going to try and turn it. around and get you in this. <laughs> I'm ready to go. You ready to go? Yeah. Got to get down here, though. Okay. <clears throat> I know I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, where are you? There she is, down there. Whoa, this is difficult. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This is the most difficult thing. You ready? <laughs> yep. Oh, one more. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to post that. Perfect. Oh, sorry, I'm back on the mic. I'm going to post that. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Tanya. Awesome. Keep on trucking. All right, thank you. Keep on doing what you're doing. All right. Thanks. See you, buddy. You guys, too. Thanks, mate. All right, bye. See you later. <laughs> bye. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, we'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time. If you'd like to know more about Hike or Die TV and keep track of our adventures around Australia, make sure you drop by hikeordie.com. That's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.